At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. Nice Job can help you get the reputation you deserve. Nice Job's automated reputation marketing tools are easy to use and super effective. Collect two to three times more customer reviews and have the ability to share that social proof where it matters most. New signups can get $50 off when they mention the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. If you're looking to grow your small business, visit NiceJob at NiceJob.com. I got a super cool message yesterday from a branch rep at the Master Group in Kingston, Ontario. I posted about my CPS Black Max Puller, and about an hour later, they're like, yo, I'm getting messages about that puller, and now in the morning, I'm going to see if I can source it and bring it in. They just wanted to, to thank me for, <laughs> for the post. Well, you don't have to thank me. I just, I'm just using it. Anyway, that tells me something. That tells me they're trying to cater to their customer, which, which is very cool. So if you walk into the master group, you, you know that there's a tool you might like to purchase or like to have, and they don't have it. Just talk to your rep there, and, and maybe they can bring it in for you. That's sort of the moral of the story here. Anyway, guys, check out master.ca. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Man, it's been so busy. Crazy busy. I hope you guys are picking up where, wherever you guys are located on the globe. I mean, we've had a heat wave here over the last few days, and, and it's picked up some, some business and calls and stuff like that, and I've been finding a bunch of stuff that needs to get rectified as well. I want to talk about compressor inspections prior to installation. All right, I'm going to tell you a story. There was this, this a very large compressor, and I think it was like three or four guys had to go in after hours to get this thing just moved into place. Like, it was big. Um, and then once it was started up, it it popped the fuse or the breaker. I, I can't remember because it wasn't my job. I just heard about it through the grapevine, okay? And the compressor was checked, after this and it was shorted to ground that's why it popped the breaker or the fuse now was it dead on arrival before it was installed or did something happen in the unit to cause it to fail nobody knows but guess what checking it beforehand would have told you would have told you if the windings were okay and you, you would have known right you would have known either the windings are bad let's send this thing back or the windings are good, so if it does fail when it goes to start up for the first time, something in the unit caused it to fail. Is it the wiring? Is it the contactor? Um, were my connections tightened on properly? Were they in the right spots? But this prior pre-inspection is gonna tell you, it's not gonna tell you a lot, but it's gonna make sure that your compressor change is a lot more methodical. Okay, so I just wanna, I'm gonna play some, some audio from a video as well. But I'm just going to talk about compressor pre-inspection and why it's important. And you can do this too, not just with compressors, but motors and, and different sorts of parts that you can 
that you can check before you put them in. You can't do it with everything. I mean, you, really, unless you have a bench set up with all kinds of different voltages and all that, I mean, there's only so much you can do. But you can do some things to make sure Right, and it's just as simple as as nameplate reading and stuff like that. So anyway, we're gonna get into that right now, guys. This is the HVAC Know It All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. So in a couple of minutes here, guys, I'm gonna play you a live recording of me checking a compressor that I had physically on me. I can leave, uh, maybe you've seen the video, maybe you haven't, and I'll leave that video link for you guys to watch. But as, as I always say, every time I, I replay these, this, this snapshot of audio from a video, I always say it's good to listen to it, try to visualize what's going on because it gets your kind of your brain moving, right? And then you can go see the video after and it might just click things back in for you. So before I play that audio, I just want you to keep in mind something. After you've checked the compressor, after you've done all that, and it is right, and the, the piping configuration is right. You don't have to do any modifications and you don't have to drill out new holes for the feet and stuff like that. And everything's good. Everything's, you've got it in, you're ready to start it up. One important thing we need to be doing here is checking that system to find out why that compressor may have failed in the first place. Now, if the compressor is like 15 years old or something like that, it might've just, might've just had its, had its life. It's it had a good life, cooled a lot of people down. It, you know what I mean? It's, it's just at the end of its lifespan. But if it's like seven, eight years old and, and it dies, you're really going to want to inspect to see what may have happened. What may have happened. So, I mean, do an oil analysis. Like, check that oil for acid. Because if there's acid in the oil, I mean, that's not good. Do that Do that prior to putting the... Actually, you want to do this prior to putting the compressor in because then that will, way you'll know if you need to do anything about it. Like a like a, a, a cleanup dryer, like, cause my compressor I just did recently, we had oil in it. Um, we had acid in the oil and we put a cleanup dryer in, uh, on the suction side to grab any contaminants because the oil had carbon bits of carbon in it and it was acidic, acidic. Okay. So we want to do an oil analysis to make sure that we, we have, um, no acid in that system. If we do, we have to find out a way to to rectify that all right obviously when you're putting it in you're brazing in in the compressor if you're if you are brazing it in or if you're brazing in any lines nitrogen braze okay just to get rid of that carbon change the filter dryer the liquid line filter dryer always 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 change that pull a good vacuum all right and charge it up with with refrigerant and test it Make sure that your superheat is good, your subcooling is good, and make sure you're not having any floodback issues. All right, there's things that you you should probably rectify before you start it up, like cleaning condenser coils if need be, cleaning evaporator coils if need be, making sure there's airflow, proper airflow, and and once you get that thing started up, do a a full check on it. And, and the other thing is contactors, contactors to me when changing a compressor are a must. Some people say, ah, you can inspect the contactor and if it's good, it, it's fine. Yes, you can inspect it. In a lot of cases, that they could be fine. But how cheap is a contactor? How inexpensive is a contactor? I know some contactors, when you get up into the, the larger equipment, they cost a lot of money, but so do the compressors. So relatively speaking, 
what is a contactor replacement when you change the compressor for sound peace of mind that everything is going to start up well the last thing you want is is a faulty contactor pull it in. and i had a story told to me by a friend of mine they they put in a, a compressor years ago contactor pulled in welded um on one leg and the other two i think well i can't remember exactly what happened but something welded on the contactor all of the all of the the points didn't pull in and connect and it ended up ended up killing the brand new compressor so these are the little things you, you need to go through and check coils oil analysis contactors now when you start the thing up make sure it's running properly make sure it's running optimally and try to find out why it failed right because you might be able to find the cause in there checking amp draw checking superheat checking subcooling monitoring it for a while not just not just for 10 minutes but for a while monitor that thing and see if you can come up with any reason why it failed and here's here's a good thing here's a good thing to do when you tell the customer that the compressor's dead write on your work order and tell them if you want or in an email or, or make sure it's documented in some way or form that after the compressor starts up you may find further problems because if you don't tell them that you change it and then you come back to them and go oh we found this now they're going to be like well what i thought it was just the compressor now it's working but if you document it beforehand hey the compressor died it may have died for a reason we don't know why once we get the new one in we're going to run some analysis some testing right and we might find out that something killed that compressor there could be something going on in the system, right? And if you do find acid and you do make the appropriate modifications like putting in a suction dryer that has a cleanup uh, core in it or, or something like that, go back in a couple of weeks and recheck it. I think me and Trevor Matthews talked about that on one of the podcasts we did together is, is put your, in your quote, put some time in to go back and recheck that oil because if it's still acidic after a couple of weeks of running, you may have to change that dryer again. You may have to change the oil. You may have to do a bunch of different things. Now, I I will be, um, I will be a hundred percent. I don't know if you guys heard my phone vibrating in there. I'll be a hundred percent transparent with you. I'm all about experimenting with different things, and there was one specific unit last year that we put a cleanup dryer on, right? But we also added some oil neutralizer into the system. And I went back a week or two later and it was, the, 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 we, we did an, an oil analysis and there was no acid in the oil anymore. It was gone. Okay. Um, so you need to do, do your due diligence on, on this, research your products, but you need to obviously test your products. Talk to people that have tested them. Make sure they're, they've, they've put them in system and it's, and it's been running properly, um, problem-free, and it has done what, what it's said or what it's advertised to do. Okay, that's, that's you doing your due diligence and being a good technician. And that might take you more than five minutes to do that, but it's still that five-minute rule, meaning just be, be the best tech you can be and, and do your due diligence and your research before moving ahead. So anyway, keep all these things in mind, guys, when, when doing a compressor change. And here is the recorded audio from a live inspection just before we put that 
unit into a system. So if you've seen the video, you can listen again. If you haven't seen the video, listen to the audio and then go check out the video afterwards. But this is the stuff we need to do to be the best techs we can be. And if you guys are listening to this podcast, that means you're trying to learn. That means you are trying to be the best tech you can be. So you're already here. So let's start implementing this stuff into our into our jobs. All right. So check out this live video, guys. Let's get to it. So I gotta be, I gotta be hundred percent honest. I didn't own a bender back in the day. I own one now, and that yellow jacket bender I've used probably five or six times now. And I don't know how I lived without a bender in the past for repairs. Man, I I don't really do install. Once in a while, I'll get thrown into one, but I don't really do them. But for repairs, that bender is phenomenal. Like. I really don't know how I how I live without a bender in the past. It, like it reduces fittings. It's it's easy to use. It looks clean. It looks professional. So anyway, if you're in the market for a bender, check out that yellow jacket one. It's got reverse bending on it too, which is also pretty cool. Haven IAQ. Now, they are they're in the market here for monitoring your indoor air quality, and they're doing a very good job at spreading around the word at at what their product is for and how it can help and how you can generate legitimate business out of it. So I have two in my home, one in the return, one in the supply and doing like testing to see what happens on both sides. They have a personal use program where you can get a reduced cost uh, cam, central air monitor, and you can put it in your home, test it out, see if you like it, get some readings, rectify some things in your home if if that's what you want to do and then you can start showing it to your customers you show it to your customers what it can do and then you show them the readings and and the data and then you start you start fixing issues within their homes right if you if you like something that's in your own home it's it's not really a sell to a customer if it's in their home if you're going to put it in their home it's, it's more like hey i've got this you guys should get it too because it's helped me. And then then you can figure out ways to fix their indoor air quality and not just sell randomly like a, a lot of companies do, unfortunately. You can fix the actual issues at hand. So check them out, Haven IAQ, and check out their personal their personal use program before if you before if you want to go start selling them, try it yourself first. That's what that program is set up for. True Tech Tools, they gotta be the top player in the game when it comes to online. Uh, sales for HVAC tools and education and all their affiliations. Very, very forward-thinking company. Uh, Testo, Navac, Supco, all sponsors of the HVAC, not all podcast, of course, but these are all products you can get from there, like the Testo 557S, the the Navac uh, battery pumps or or 12 CFM pump if you want to go that big, the Subco Redfish ID IDVM. I think it's IDVM 5550. I always get confused with all these part numbers, but anyway, that's a meter I've been using now for a bit. The the, the Subco Redfish, and I'm really really enjoying it as well. So save eight percent with promo code Know It All at True Tech Tools when you check out of your purchase. Compressor pre-inspection before installation is really important because you could get the thing installed, do all that work and find out that the windings are shorted or 
it's the wrong voltage or something like that. This has happened. I've been burned on it, and I know many techs that have been burned on it as well. So we're going to do a pre-inspection on this compressor before we fire it into the machine. Here, guys, voltage and phase, I think, is the most important things we're going to pull off of this because if the voltage is wrong, the phasing's wrong, that compressor can't go in, obviously, right? We also have to check our footing to make sure it's the same and make sure our piping configurations are the same. So this one is a rotolock. So that's really important. When you open up the box, make sure it's a rotolock. Make sure it's not sweat and make sure the configuration is the same and the setup is the same. I pull the cover off the box and one thing I've noticed here is that when I pulled the box open, there's damage to this cover. You can see that it's cracked in there, all right? And it's broken here. The cover itself, is also broken. Now I've reported this back to the supplier. I don't think it's going to make much of a difference with the electrical stuff. I think this plastic just got damaged, which is not a big deal because we can remove this, we can unbolt these, and we can change that plastic out at a later date. I don't think that's a big deal for now, but it is noted and we are gonna rectify this at some so point. This compressor here, we wanna make sure that we get the new feet and hardware to go along with it because we might have to replace those with the new one, maybe not if they're still in good condition. And any literature that it comes with, we want to read it. We want to read up on this literature. Now this notice here is talking about the sticker where if the compressor overheats, basically this compressor will stop pumping and it's got to be cooled down in order for the scrolls to engage back again in order for it to start pumping again. So if you guys ever come across a Copeland scroll with this on it, stating that it will stop pumping when it overheats, Basically what you got to do is shut it off and let it cool because there's compressors I've come across similar to this where you get to it, it's not pumping, it's hot, come back in 24 hours or if you can cool it off with some water if that's available, it will start pumping again. Maybe something happened and what I've noticed in the past is that if we have a plugged up screen on a TX valve or a dryer or something like that, we can't get that refrigerant back through the evaporator to the machine to cool it down this can cause that to happen. So it's really important if it's not pumping, you don't condemn it, you let it cool, start it up and find out what is causing the problem. Check our oil sight glass to make sure we have oil in it because if we have a leak here and we've lost all our oil, that's obviously an issue. So that's one other thing that you wanna check now, as well. If you download Copeland Mobile, basically what that allows you to do is scan or input the information manually for this compressor. It'll give you all kinds of information because what we wanna do is we want to ohm out the windings to make sure that they're in good condition before we put it in. Also, we have a thermistor in here that our core sense attaches to. So this wire here of the core sense attaches to this thermistor. So if the compressor overheats internally, the core sense will know and it will trigger an alarm. Okay, but if this thermistor is not reading correctly at the given temperature, that it's supposed to be at, we could have a problem with the compressor and a problem with the core sense giving us faulty readings. So hopefully Copeland Mobile will give us the information we need to own that out at the temperature that it's currently at at the ambient right now. So we're gonna check continuity of the windings real quick. And I have the meter set to ohms. And we're gonna check there to see if we have continuity. So we have to go across all three phases. So we're gonna go number one and we're reading 0 0.6, 0 0.7, and 0 0.6. So they're all the same, which is a good sign.
Okay, Copeland Mobile, on Copeland Mobile, as I showed you, when we were scrolling through the images there, it says 1.5 in that range. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna call Copeland Tech Support and I'm gonna find out if this number that we're reading is okay. I think it is because I've, I've gotten readings like this before on 575 volt three phase compressors. So the next thing we wanna do is check each leg to the body of the compressor. So this bolt here is actually welded onto the compressor itself. And if we go across these two, you can see we get continuity. So there's continuity through that body. So if we go up to the first one and check OL, OL, and OL. So this compressor looks good. I just wanna recheck those numbers with Copeland Tech Support just to make sure that we are okay for that. So the next thing we wanna do is check our thermistor right here. Okay, so as we were saying before, the CoreSense module plugs into here all right and the thermistor the way it acts is basically like a resistor that acts according to the temperature around it so the temperature change will affect the resistance reading so we're going to check it right now it's approximately 85 degrees fahrenheit outside and that's the other thing we're going to have to ask tech support about because i can't find that in copeland mobile maybe i'm just looking in the wrong spot but we're going to ask tech support about that so if i go across this we are going to read about 280 ohms, 279.3 ohms. So we're gonna cross-reference that with the chart that hopefully tech support has to see what that's supposed to read at 85 degrees, and then we're all good. All right, so. guys, so in summary, we wanna check the nameplate rating, the voltage, the phasing is really important, but everything on there, we wanna make sure it matches up, okay? We wanna check our spare parts. We wanna read any literature that it comes with that I showed you here, guys literature that it comes with. We want to check our footing. We want to check our piping configuration. We want to make sure there's oil in the compressor, okay? And we want to check for any damage, and we found some right here on this case. We want to check our windings, and we also want to check our thermistor for the core sense. And one last thing is we want to make sure that this core sense is set up correctly, because there's a lot of dip switches here. I'm going to presume that it's set up like this from the factory, but we need to double check this as well, and that's something else we'll talk to tech support about when we get a hold of them but anyway guys pre-inspection of your compressor before it goes in super important so you don't have any issues once it's installed so i couldn't get a hold of emerson tech support i guess they were super busy but i did check those windings again later on in the evening and the the ohms actually started to or the resistance actually came up the ohm reading came up in the cooler weather so maybe in the app it was taken at um, a certain temperature perhaps but that compressor was installed and it's running and it's working. Anytime I see a three-phase compressor, it ohms out the same across all three phases, it's usually fine. Now, as far as the thermistor, I couldn't get an actual chart that matched up with temperature, okay? But what I did find online, and Trevor Matthews from Emerson also texted me um, a sheet that showed that anything above 4.5K ohms, so four, four and a half thousand ohms, we shut down on high temperature. When we come back down below 2.5k ohms, that's when it starts working again. So we were below that. We were at around 280 ohms. So that was also fine. So moral of the story, guys, check your compressors before you put them in because you could have bad windings off, off the hop. You could have a faulty thermistor off the hop. You could have different piping configurations where you're going to now have to do a little bit of repiping because the compressor doesn't fully match up 
to the previous model number. That's that's the moral of the story, and that's the message here, guys. Happy HVACing. All right, so these are things I've learned over time. Really have. It's just experience, and I'm passing that on to you so you don't make the same mistakes I made or other techs I know have made or talked to have made. All right, you guys, you guys can alleviate these problems just by taking this knowledge that I'm passing down or this experience I'm passing down and using it to, to your benefit really is what it is. So check those compressors before you put them in during the install nitrogen braze, change those dryers. If it's a burnout, do something about it with a suction dryer that cleans up the system. Check that oil beforehand. If it's acidic, check a couple weeks afterwards, make sure that acid has has neutralized or maybe the next step has to be taken to do something about that but these are all things that make you a better technician keep your customers happy and keep machines running well over the course of time anyway guys i'm out guys it's been a good one thank you to the master group once again happy hvacking hope you enjoyed the show follow hvac know it all on instagram facebook youtube tiktok twitter LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.